<laughs> We're live. I didn't Very know if we were going to make it today, but we, we made it. It's been a day. We got it. Very, very nice. And my phone just let me know that we're live. In case, you know, I didn't. Really, it, 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 well, it's through Podbean. Whenever you follow our show, okay. Um, okay. it lets you know what's going on. No, it doesn't me. And I follow the show. Well, you do it wrong. Maybe it's because I've never listened to a podcast ever. <sighs> Maybe it's because you never listened to a podcast. Could be. Hello, Mochi. We are glad Hello. you're here today. Very glad. Yeah, um, we are. We got to get some cookies from Mochi. Yes, we do. I was actually down in Cynthia the other day and should have had her make some before I went. I had a, one of my good friends. You are first. How about that? And Fuzzy is second. Um, I had a friend down there who I went to high school with fall off a ladder and then down her front stairs. Oh, geez. Uh, went to see her and ended up... She forgot to tell me she didn't get out. She had gotten out of the hospital, so I didn't get to see her. I did get to see Mochi, but I didn't get any cookies, so I'm very sad. Gotcha. We have to get some cookies. That would do. That would be good. So, Those are excellent. Huh? Those are excellent, at least the last batch we got. Yeah, very much. You know what we're not doing tonight, Jerry? We're not drinking. We're not drinking tonight. No, we're not. Mainly, not because of me. I was like, hey, it's Wednesday. What? Why not? And you were the responsible one and said, yeah. you know, we keep we, doing that. We didn't hit any milestone plateaus that we need to celebrate. So, yeah. Not exactly true. Really? What's that? I've officially gotten us listed on the last of the big podcasts. You announced forms. that last week or no, week no, before. Nope. Different one. Oh, you said last time that Apple was the last of the big ones. Apple was the biggest. Okay. Is the, is what I was getting at. So who are we with now? Now you have the ability to train your Alexa to look for Newsworthy. I thought I could do that before. You may have been able to, but it's official now through Alexa and with okay. their partner, which is TuneIn. And we gotcha. are, that is the last of the big ones. There <laughs> There's no more. We're, we're officially everywhere at this point. Woohoo! Very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Got some good topics tonight. We're going to learn how to vote and hopefully what that means. We're going to learn how we should vote. Yeah, how we should. How the responsible way to approach it. Yeah, well, we'll get into that in a second. Because that's kind of in-depth. And, you know, part of where our country is now is because the responsible part hasn't been there. And 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 that's not new. I don't think that we have... Even falling off. I don't think that's something America has ever been good at. No, I think you're right. Well, I think that there was a long part of that prior to radio and TV that it was, it, you couldn't be. It was and an access problem. It was an access. And then it got to when we did have access. Well, Grandpa and Paul. All voted this way, and that's the way we're but voting. But don't you think it's always been that way? That's what I just said. No, no, no. You <laughs> said it, you said that happened after radio and television ah. come on. Who's a double? Oh, double's here. Welcome, double. Yeah. I'm saying that I think that's been a problem since forever. Oh yeah, since the first elections, we have a tendency to for things that we're not familiar with. We who do we turn to? 
to seek advice. Those we know and trust, and hopefully the majority of the time, that's our parents. So, yeah. But, yeah, we're getting way ahead of the story. We're starting yeah. to argue <laughs> yours. <laughs> Shame on you. It's all your fault. That's what they say. No, it's your fault for picking such a good topic. No, that's what that's your fault. I didn't pick that. This is a listener-requested topic. True. So, Nick. Thank you, yeah. Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick. Pick this topic. Thank you, Nick. How was your week? It was good. It was good. Um, it was real good. I, mostly. You so sure. Well, you know, and we talked over dinner a little bit. We all have those days that we question ourselves or we, we, sure. We get down on ourselves. We're not doing enough. Some We're doing days are not much. as good as others. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking, and you and I have talked in the past about how you can just hear a song randomly, mm -hmm. and it makes you come correct. Uh, that, coupled with your topic tonight, um, really got me in a, in a, a, for lack of a better term, it put me in my feelings. Really? Yeah. Um, in a bad way? Because my topic is very, very positive, very upbeat. It, it is, and... And when we get to your topic, I'll try to explain a little better. But okay. um, one of my favorite all-time songs in the world is called Redeemed. It's by Big Daddy Weave. Um, and I've never listened to that song where it didn't hit me in the gut. And when you're already kind of emotional and it hits you in the gut, <laughs> it, it creates a whole plethora of new stuff. So, yeah, I was going through all that today. And ultimately, it just makes you want to be better. <laughs> you know, just be better. Anywho, how was yours? Mine was very good. Uh, I know we had one of your favorite meals tonight. Yes, we did. Absolutely love fajitas. <laughs> just awesome food. By the way, when you're talking about... <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Listen, I was doing your thing, and I was watching a TikTok the other day. Somebody had sent it to yeah. me. By the way, guys, don't let him fool you. <laughs> He tries to say he doesn't do any of that crap, but you know what he does do? He listens to YouTube shorts, which are what? <laughs> exactly the same freaking thing, exactly, only a different company. Uh, we're, I don't know what you're talking about. Sure. Anyway, so this TikTok or whatever, uh, uh, oh, who's Big Daddy Weave? Uh, Christian artist, uh, famous for the song, mainly the song Redeemed. He's got several, the group, it's not just him, but the, the group has several songs. But if you're going to listen to him, look it up, definitely want you, you should hear Redeemed. It's it's a beautiful song. Anyway, the TikTok, and what made me think of it? You said fajitas. I love fajitas. So these two guys get pulled over, and they're strung out of their mind. Okay, they are, they shouldn't be driving. They are meth or some sort of hard drug. And the cop is sitting there talking to him and he's like, Oh, he's like, dude, what do you have in your mouth? And he looks at the cop and he goes, this big old toothless grin comes on his face. And he says, I got fajitas. Apparently you're on the wrong side of TikTok. <laughs> Own side of TikTok. That's what I would say. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, what were you saying about you were you were saying? Oh, I have no clue. Oh. You got me so far off. <laughs> That's my job. Uh, so Yeah. 
No well, I was just going to say, we got a lot of feedback this week. Something Good. we've been kind of trying to get and get and get. Um, nice. You know, and tell folks while I look it up real quick, why, where we can get feedback from. Well, two different ways. You can text us at area code 540-709-1318, or you can email us at newsworthy with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com. Either one of those, both of those, I do believe, is on our Podbean website. I know the email is, and uh, I think I added the text number. If not, I will very shortly. While you're looking that up, by the way, speaking of fajitas, got me thinking about this recipe that I made the other day. It, it was Mexican picadillo. You ever heard of it? Oh, no. Well, it's one of those where... You know, I love to try new stuff. It doesn't have to be great. I like things that are different. I get tired of the same old. I tried this recipe called Mexican Picadillo. I did a little bit of research on it. And apparently there's a Filipino version. There's a Mexican version, a Cuban version. uh, And they all are pretty similar. Anyway, when I made this dish, it was extremely unique. It it wasn't that good. I was very glad I tried it uh, just because it was different. Maybe the reason that I didn't like it was I tried to combine the three. Maybe I had a little bit too much of this and too much of that. Anyway, the the basic of the recipe is picadilla is ground beef and potatoes, small cut up cube potatoes cooked in a tomato sauce. It typically has onions, green pepper, uh, some of the different recipes that I read, and I don't remember which ones, call for capers. Some call for olives. I decided to put it all in there. <laughs> no. It had a, it, it, it was good, but it was just, eh, so, so good. But it's extremely different. I love recipes that are different. You and I, a few years ago, got started on International Night. We need to get back on that once a month. We would get together and pick a country. At the end of every night, we would draw a country for the next time. And we would make something. And the majority of it was stuff we'd never had. I always loved those simply because it was food that I'd never had before. Mexican picadillo reminded me of that. So from now on, by the way, Jerry and I talked about it. We're going to spend two minutes on a recipe every single show from here on out. Just something, hopefully. Something different, something yeah. cool. We're not going to tell you how to make meatloaf. Everybody and their brother's <laughs> got 14 recipes for that, and yeah. none of them are going to be as good as your grandmother made it. So, oh, so I, we're not going to try to tell you that's not true. For most people. Yeah, I, my, my family, I'm the cook. <laughs> for your family, you're the everything. The one thing, listen, the one thing my, grand, my grandma made, and I still have yet to be able to replicate or make in a good way that I love. And you're probably going to laugh at me. No. Is you remember those iron skillets? Except they weren't a skillet. It was like for cornbread. Cones of cornbread. And and you you make it and it'd be really crunchy. Cones, yes. Oh my gosh, those are so good. You know why they were so crunchy? Why? Because so much of each one was um, against the the cast iron, which is where the heat is, which is what it's going to get at those nice brown crust. I've tried it every way from Sunday. I can't make it. It's nasty. I make it That's nasty. Right. You, you bought one of those. I bought one specifically for that. Yeah. Threw it away. A few years ago at a 127-yard yeah. sale. Yeah, it was bad. Okay. Uh, so one of our listeners said, and I just want to throw it out there real quick. Um, I'm in the stats of your downloads, but I've never had an actual live listen, which, you know, whatever. 
And I, I responded, I hope you're enjoying it, the, the podcast. He says, I am, especially the dad jokes. I've been telling the one about the pet a werewolf <laughs> all day, all week long. So nice. Yeah, that is nice. And it's it's good. Oh, she's had one of those iron skillets for like 20 years. I get them and I forget and I put them in the dishwasher. I don't know how many I've You're ruined. You're killing it. You can easily re-season it. They're not that hard to season. Oh, well, I suck at it. <laughs> well, how many times have you done it? Maybe that's part of the reason, you know? Yeah, probably. I don't care so. what you start off doing. You're probably not that good at it the first few times. Keep at it. You'll figure it out. Not that hard to do. Man, I'm telling you what. So speaking of dad jokes, you have one? No, I was too concerned about about the wife rolling or crashing our vehicle the other day while listening to Adele. Listening to Adele, huh? Go yeah. figure. What are the odds? Yeah, she was rolling in the Jeep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. No, didn't see that one coming. So what's a potato's least favorite day of the week? What? Friday. That's terrible. That's a good one right there. No, that's terrible. You gotta admit that's a good one. Right that's there. almost as bad as the one Mochi said on here. Which Mochi is? <laughs> Mochi said, What do skeletons eat for breakfast? No idea. Bone meal. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? That's a terrible that's so joke. <laughs> that's so stupid, it's good. No, that's just stupid. Here's one I should have used. How do frogs remove band-aids? Are you even listening? What? How do frogs remove band-aids? How? They rip it. <laughs> no. That's another good one right there. I'm done. That's one your buddy's going to be I'm telling. I'm leaving. I quit. I'm out. I know one your I'll buddy's going to be telling his co-workers right there. <laughs> this podcast is off the rails. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm taking my He's water and going to say home. this podcast has gotten so good. There's no way it can possibly get better. We're going to quit while we're at it. 14 minutes in, we're done. <laughs> That's our podcast today. We we're out. With 14 minutes in, we'll give them all a heart attack. <laughs> well, that's what they say. That's what they say. And I believe them. They tell the truth. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most of the time. I've been believing them for years. So let's talk real quick about maybe a couple of issues that's kind of going on. It's been on my mind this week. Sure. You care? And obviously, these are not our topics, and obviously, we're not on headlines, but there are certain things that happen that just need to be said okay. that fit right into what we're doing. Um, and they kind of go in my rabbit hole. <laughs> so did you know that in Congress to this last week, there was another um, uh, disclosure by Congress in regards to UFOs and aliens? No. There was. And I wonder, it was by Scott Bray. He's a U.S. intelligence officer. And they had several pictures that they hadn't re released before. You know, they did the one a few months ago. This one actually showed a very distinct triangle, which they admit 30,000 feet in the air, stopped, midair, just stopped, turned, and went in a different direction. Now, they didn't say aliens. They said it was... Unidentified flying object. Unidentified. It's a UAP now. That's Unidentified. Right. Aerial phenomenon. Aerial phenomenon. And, but I agree with double. It's because we're not alone. Nothing on earth can move like that. I'm sorry. It just can't happen. 
We don't have the technology to do that. Um, also, wanted to give everybody an update. Oh, sh- Mochi says she can move like that. Oh, <laughs> if you say so. Um, wanted to give everybody an update on our studio. We keep talking about our video coming, which is making you so happy. No. Listen, Jerry has done nothing but talk all these good things about how he just can't wait to get on YouTube. Because he's going to have such a huge no. following. <laughs> Here's the truth. Steve and I were sitting having dinner one night, and he's like going into all of these plans about this new studio. And I'm like, yeah, hey, that sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. He gets through, and he's like, so you agree with all that? And I'm like, yeah, sounds good to me. He gets on the podcast a few <laughs> minutes later, and he's like, oh, in a few weeks, we're going to be on video. Jerry and I agreed to it earlier. I'm like, what the hell? First time I heard a video. Where did this come from? <laughs> it was in the list. See, that's what you get for not paying attention to me. That's what you get. Yeah, you're like those friggin' Democrats. You snuck it in there. (laughs) So anyway, uh, all we're lacking at this point is a nice small table that our laptops and our equipment can sit on. And by equipment, I need our wine glasses. Can sit on without falling. And it doesn't take up the entire room. And my Yeti. Could have somewhere to put my Yeti. Oh, sure. Sure. Um and then we will be almost ready to go. So that's still moving forward. Um, and that's really all I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to give everybody a heads up that that is still in the works. It's still coming down the road. Um, and speaking, uh, Double said that there's billions of galaxies in response to the, the disclosure thing from them. She's absolutely right. And we were talking a minute ago, the James Webb Telescope, how freaking awesome is that? You yeah. know, when Hubble first came out, after they gave it its pair of eyeglasses, <laughs> um, if you, do you remember that when that happened? Sure. When they first put it up there and it didn't see anything but a big blur and they had put glasses on it. Um, but James Webb is just breathtaking. Some of the pictures that they're coming back with, it just... Well, at the same time, what was the time difference between the two telescopes? Oh, 25, 30 years? Now. How much Easy. has the the cameras on our phones increased by in the last 15 years, 10 or 15? I'm glad you bring that up. That's a very Why? important point because at some point in the very near future, when we talk about one of my rabbit hole topics, okay. that's going to be an important fact. <laughs> so you need to remember that. What, that our cameras have increased in the last? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's an important fact. It is. And so unknown. So few know that. <laughs> no, no. The context in which we're going to talk about it okay. is going to be awesome. So you're going to leave that little teaser just hanging there. Absolutely. Huh? Okay. So, uh, and we didn't talk about this, so I'm asking first time on the air. Next Wednesday is the okay. last Wednesday before Halloween. Okay. So I think that we should have a spooky ghost story ghost story centric episode what was your ghost story that you told way back when and you've been begging people to send ghost stories in do you remember Mm. the episode you don't remember asking people to send no i remember that yeah yeah. there was some spooky type story you told i don't even recall what it was i don't either one of the first two or three i think episodes well here's an idea you have homework go listen to our first episodes and find out i've never listened to one i i can't jinx us but Finally listening to a podcast. Bad. It's just bad. But hey, it's working. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The church. Look, double knows. How does how does our listeners know? Up in uh, 
up in Shelbyville. Yes, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So everybody who's listening, send us a ghost story to text or email. Both. Either one. Yeah. The text is seven uh, area code five four zero seven zero nine thirteen eighteen. And the email is newsworthy with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com. Yeah, do that. We're going to do nothing but ghost ghost stories next week. I think that'll be fun. Um, we can find, if, if no one sends anything in, we, we can find plenty. I can tell you about a, a house that one of my best friends in the world grew up in um, down in Cynthiana. Um, real house. I think it's still there. I don't know if they destroyed it after the flood or not. I'll have to look at it next time I go. Um, that definitely was haunted. Seen things there with my own eyes. and It's weird. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not see, I'm laughing. This is why we have to have video. Because people laughing. get to see the looks that you give me when I'm telling something. And I'm meaning it. I'm believing it. It's coming from my heart. And the looks usually come when you're discussing one of your rabbit hole con conspiracy theories. This is physics that I saw. This isn't a conspiracy that somebody else did. <laughs> Just saying. Anywho. Let's start with our topics tonight. So we're doing we're doing two great topics. We're doing the giving pledge. Jerry's going to cover that today, um, and uh, oh, I, I was reading what Double had said. Um, so Jerry's going to talk about the giving pledge as and Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Well, <laughs> she led me to it. Yeah. She's not the biggest one. She's not uh, any of that. But yeah, the given pledge is we're going to talk a little bit about how some of the rich and powerful people are maybe not as evil and as bad and as mean uh, as we often make them out to be. Yep. And, you know, if you're not in that 1%, it's very easy for the rest of the people who have nothing to look at to you. And to criticize. And it's not even the 1%. It's probably the one-tenth of 1%, or probably yeah. one-tenth of one-tenth of 1%. Yeah. The, the richest of the rich. And then, as discussed before, Nick had asked us about, he's a young man. He's he's going to be voting in his first election this, this November. And he just was had questions about how to go about deciding who he feels like he's going to vote for. And the whole process in general. So we're going to cover that too. It's a little, a uh, little longer probably. So do you want to start with yours, Jerry? Sure. Yeah. All means. As Steve mentioned, uh, we're going to be talking about Mackenzie Scott a little bit to begin with. Saw so an article a few days ago uh, that that led me to this topic. The article was that Mackenzie Scott had donated eighty-five million dollars to the Girl Scouts of America. Now, for those that are not familiar. Uh, as Steve also mentioned, she is Amazon CEO or ex-CEO, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. They got a divorce in 2019. Uh, they actually divorced in April of that year, April of 2019. And I remember reading the settlement, and it was kind of controversial at the time. A lot of feminists were, were slamming it. She got a 4% stake of Amazon. It was valued at roughly $38.3 billion dollars. And a lot of the feminists that, that I was reading about was saying she didn't get near half. If I remember correctly, uh, he ended up with 130, 140, 150 billion. Uh, real quickly, it became apparent why she didn't go for more. She didn't want what she had. Less than one month from the divorce, 
she announced that she had joined the, the giving pledge and that she was going to give away the majority of everything that she had. So she didn't want the $38 billion, much less more of her ex-husband's money. Um, and again, the, the Giving Pledge is a group. You can go to givingpledge.org. It's a group of people that have pledged to give the majority of their wealth to charitable causes during their lifetime or in their will. Yes, question. Well, no, I was just going to state, you know, for those feminists that say she didn't get half, um, I think she got exactly what she wanted. She helped build Amazon. This wasn't a thing where he did it all and she didn't have any contribution. Um, she helped in the very beginning with Blue Origin, and, and, and the she actually was the one that got their first freight contract. Speaking of the very beginning, to change the subject, Sorry. but did you ever hear of how they truly started, where they started? No. In his mother's garage. <laughs> he had an idea that they, they could sell books via online website and ship them to wherever and make money. In his mom's garage, he talked his mom and dad into leaving the cars out in the driveway and letting him take the garage. And mom was often out there helping him put books in boxes and oh, late wow. sending labels. That's where it truly got started. Isn't that crazy? It was in mom and dad's garage. Yeah, and just an idea, right? That's yeah. all they had at that point. They had an idea of, and at that point, it truly was books. Yeah. Amazon started as books. I just thought that was neat that, you know, how it, when these people complain about other people's stuff, yeah. they don't go into the full story. That, well, they didn't know, try to. They were just assuming that yeah. it was, you know, and, and I'm not saying that they didn't rightfully assume that it was yet another woman who got screwed. In the past, I'm sure if you had money, and even till today, if you have money, that'll in the court system go a long way. But it obviously wasn't the problem with her. Uh, she didn't want what she had, much less more of it. Again, less than one month from the divorce, she had pledged to give away the majority of it. And in fact, by December of that first year, she'd already given away $5.8 billion. She'd given it to over 500, 500 different organizations. Um, some of them focused on racial equality, democracy, Ukraine relief efforts, climate change, historically black community colleges, now, several different things. Yes. Would you do me a favor? The next time you're talking to uh, McKenzie. McKenzie, sure. Would you have her stop calling me? Okay. I mean, I can't. I, my hands are full. I can't. I can't. I can't take any. I, I just can't. What you said, I find so funny because <laughs> I don't. I think you and I mentioned this earlier today. She is getting a divorce. I hated yep. to hear it. Uh, I think within a couple of years of her first divorce, yeah, she got divorced in 2019. Last year, middle of the year, sometime she married a high school science teacher um, just read a few days ago. Actually, when I first read about her giving her 85 million to the Girl Scouts, I started doing a little research and I found out that she's just announced in the last two or three weeks or so, I think that she and this high school teacher are getting divorced. The article that I read at the very bottom of the article, uh, no idea where it was from, but it was one of those websites that allowed user comments. Someone had a comment of, I have no idea of who this might be of any importance to. Very next person said, me? And 
Mackenzie Scott hasn't met me yet, but it will soon be of importance to her as well. <laughs> I thought that's where you were headed with this. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just wish she'd stop blowing up my phone. I got work to handle. I can't. I can't be taking calls. You better not let your wife find out about this. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Trying to stop it before he gets that point. Right. You know, I'm. Um, yeah. Anyway. As we said, by the end of the first year, no, I'm sorry, by the end of the second year, by December of 2020, she'd given away $5.8 billion. In April of this year, the New York Times reported that Scott has already given donations that have exceeded $12.8 billion. Again, in 2019, her divorce left her $38.3 billion. Had already given away $12.8 billion. Now, Forbes currently estimates that her net worth today is $34.4 billion. Third so, richest woman in America. But d- did you listen to what I said? Started off at 38.3, gave away 12.8, and is currently at 34. <laughs> when you're rich, money, money makes, money. makes money. It yeah. really does. Yeah. yeah. You would know. She currently ranks fifth on the Forbes list of biggest lifetime givers. Wow. And she didn't really come into her own money. When I say her own money, I doubt her husband would have. He wasn't going to criticize her for giving. And I have no idea what their financial arrangements were. But she could have probably given away 100000 here or there. Uh, but as far as her own money that wasn't tied to her and her husband's money, she didn't come into that until 2019. And she's already listed as the fifth largest all-time philanthropic giver. That's crazy. Now, some of her larger donations. Girl Scouts, I mentioned, $85 million. Habitat for Humanity, $436 million. A half a billion dollars to Habitat for Humanity. Boys and Girls Clubs of America, $281 million. Planned Parenthood, $275 million. Communities and Schools, $133 million. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, $122 million. National 4-H Council, $50 million. Uh, now, while the sheer amounts of these are shocking. Obviously, these amounts are only possible for, as we said, the 0.1%. Yeah, one-tenth of one-tenth of the richest people in the world, because we're talking about huge amounts. Now, what's more important to me is the the givingpledge.org itself and what they say they're going to do. It's an organization that was started by Warren Buffett and Bill and Melinda Gates. It's a promise by some of the world's wealthiest individuals that they will dedicate the majority of their wealth to charitable causes. Now, a few of the people that, and you can go to givingpledge.org and by year it lists all the people that have publicly uh, announced that they're going to be there. The majority of them have a short letter that they write that you can read the letter as well. It just gives you a little information as to why they're doing it. I really love Mackenzie Scott's. Her, she said, the the original purpose or meaning behind it came from a book. By the way, she's a uh, author. She's written a few books. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated. I forget what her exact degree was. It was something in literature, something on that order. The exact quote, which I can't come close to, but it basically was a how-to advice book for for authors, and it told them if you have good ideas for a book, don't ever save them. Don't ever put them off and save them for the next book or the next one. Because by the time that comes, the idea will probably be worthless. Don't save it. Use it. And she said when she first got this huge amount of money, she decided then 
that she was going to do exactly that. She was going to give it away. And in the letter, and you can read if you go to givingpledge.org and read her letter, you can won't have to take my uh, translation of it, but you can read what she said exactly. And there she says that she was going to uh, open the bank and start giving away, and she would continue until the bank was empty. So a good way of putting it. Earlier we were talking about how some of the world's richest, most powerful people we often look down on. We, we often have a tendency to say, well, you know, they're so rich. If they would help people like you and I, if they would do this, if they would do that. There's a list of people, a huge long list of people, who I'll go into a few of them here in a minute, that have promised to give away the majority of everything they have. And we're not talking about people like you and I. Well, yeah, that would take all of like 32 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of chickens and a five pound of hamburger. <laughs> Well, you know, this podcast pays so well. Exactly. (laughs) We're talking about people with huge amounts of money. Huge. We're talking about people who could guarantee that their grandkids, grandkids, grandkids wouldn't have to work. And they've chosen instead to give away the majority of what they have. Few of the names. Uh, Okay, let me get my glasses back on here because I lost them. Few of the names. Warren Buffett. Bill and Melinda Gates. Paul Allen. Mark Zuckerberg. Ted Turner, David Rockefeller, Carl Icahn, Larry Ellison, Oracle, started Oracle, uh, Michael Bloomberg, one of your favorite Oh, yeah, absolutely. Guys, yeah. One of my favorite guys. You look up to. Richard Branson. I like Richard Branson. Virgin Atlantic, right? I don't like his cruise ships, but I like him. Elon Musk. I like Elon. Now, again, guys, and I don't mean to downplay what they've promised. This is a non-binding, non-legal pledge. Uh, Some of these are far more further along in the process than others. Elon has not given away a ton that I've heard of. Again, he's still in the process of trying to build his fortune up, which there was certainly a time when we could have said the same about Bill Gates, that, you know, I've not heard about him giving away much. And for many years, that was true. But these people have promised or pledged uh, that within their lifetime, that they plan on giving away the majority of what they have. I like. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I, I, I was. I pulled it up here. Uh, Mackenzie Scott. Back to her, because I'm fascinated by her. To be honest, she says, and her quote is: "When you pull up her, the gallery and you pull it up, she says there are lots of resources that each of us can pull from our safes to share with others, and something greater rises up every single time we give." Very good point, is it? Yeah. Hard to put it better than that. Yep. So if you don't mind, go down through the letter and try to find that part where she was talking oh, about the book and that one quote, if, sure. you, if you don't mind. A few of the, the big people that have given a ton. Lifetime giving, they say that Warren Buffett is probably the largest single, single philanthropist of all time. He has already given away over $46.1 billion. Uh, He, by the way, has pledged to give away more than 99% of, all, of everything he's got. Now, closely behind him, and the only reason that he's listed as number one probably is because with Bill and Melinda Gates, they're probably just saying for many years they were married, so we'll split that down the middle. Between the two of them, they've already given away over $80 billion. And since 2000, they've given away over $80 billion on causes that includes combating malaria, HIV, AIDS, coronavirus. They have already announced plans to give away an additional $40 billion before the year 2026, which would get them to a total of 
120 billion. Oh wow! You're talking about a quarter of a trillion dollars between these four people: Warren Buffett, Bill and Melinda Gates. Her name is now, I think, Melinda French, and Mackenzie Scott. Yeah, Mackenzie. The quote was: "Do not hoard what seems good for a later place in the book or for another book." The impulse to save something good for a better place later is the signal to spend it now. Something more will arise for later, something better. Anything you do not give freely and abundantly becomes lost to you. Open your safe and find ashes. That was the quote in the book that inspired her. Or it was one of the first things she said that came to her mind and that caused her to know that she wanted to join the giving pledge. Uh, yeah. It, especially with Warren Buffett, 99%. We're not talking about a little bit. A lot of times when we hear that the rich have given some huge amount, we're like, man, but it, you know, so what? They're rich. What's this? This is just, a, you know, a few drops in the bucket for them. 99% is not drops in the bucket. No. 99% is all but 1% of everything you've got. Warren Buffett was married twice, I believe. I don't know if he had kids by his second wife. He was married, I think, for like 50 years. The first time he has two, three, four kids. I don't know how many grandkids he's got, but it would be really easy to say, I want to leave a ton of this for my grandkids and for their kids and their kids. He's vowed to give away or pledged to give away 99% of everything he's got. Was it Buffett that said, I would love to give these... Was it Buffett? They're one of the 1% was quoted as to say, and I would be happy to leave all this money to one of my grandkids, except they won't know how to earn it. And Good they point. need to learn how to earn it. I, I think it was to, Buffett. I went to school with a, uh, a guy in college and his first name was Scott. I won't give you his last name, but uh, his father was very wealthy. His father owned several parking garages in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, several of them had, close to or very adjacent to airports uh, and he'd become very wealthy and you would never know it by looking at Scott he drove an old beat up car he had nice clothes but uh, he drove an old beat up car he was required to go home and work every weekend and I remember him saying and he didn't argue he didn't dispute he didn't have any hard feelings but he always said that the reason was that his dad had always said that he was born with very little that made him hungry and that made him try to achieve as much as he could. And he said that he was not going to make his kids wealthy to the point that they weren't hungry. And he wanted his kids to be hungry. And he thought that was the only way that anyone would ever succeed. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. You could give away so much that people don't know the value of a dollar. Yeah. Uh, very true. Anyway, back to these people. It's so easy for us to sit and criticize whoever, but especially the rich and powerful. I'll be honest with you guys. A lot of these people I'm not big fans of. I've never been a big fan of Bill Gates. Somewhere along the line, when people agree to give away the majority of their wealth, there's some credit due them yeah. for that. No, there's absolutely some you, credit due to that. <laughs> well, Bill and Melinda Gates are not one of the group, but if you go to Twitter and you, you, you mention the word Elon Musk or Richard Branson, you might as well be, be calling their mama some bad name because that's just, they're up, you know, they're those people. Um, and Bill, to, Bill Gates too, I think. To be able to give them a little props when they actually have 
is earned it. That yeah. is, is something special. And Bill Gates is probably not quite on that list of the others you mentioned because he's been retired long enough and given away enough. He's started to swing the pendulum back a little bit. Well, if you look to where that money is going for on his particular case, it's a lot of left-leaning causes. Well, not really. That's the common perception. Here is where the majority of his money has gone. Malaria, HIV, AIDS, and coronavirus. How much of that's left wing? Which one of those does the right conservatives have a problem with? I don't have a problem with any of them. That's where the majority of their money has gone. And the over half of it's gone to other countries, not yeah. the United States. They're trying to make a difference in the world. I mean, if, when you do a little research into where their money's going, Bill Gates is a liberal. A lot of people think that he's given money. He's not one of these. Who are those two brothers? Co- the Koch brothers. Koch brothers. Koch brothers that give crap loads of money and that's on one side. There's plenty of people on the other side that do the exact same All thing. Of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't know who in Hollywood has their kind of money, right. but there's people who give a ton of money for political. Bill Gates is not one of those. He gives money to political people. He's not throwing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars away to politicians that I'm aware of. Most of his is trying to go to better in the world. Maybe uh, they should buy some of the inventions that we talked about in episode one. Absolutely. <laughs> one thing, by the way, about Mackenzie Scott that has amazed me, and from what I've read, most people, a ton of people who gives, yeah, that too, a ton of people who give money will usually have some strings attached to it. They want it spent here. They want it spent in this way. In everything that I've read that she gives, she does her due diligence and research in the companies and the corporations and making sure that she trusts them. But when she gives the money to them, she says, look, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a clue about what you're doing, and I wouldn't begin to try to tell you how to spend the money. I trust you. That's why I'm giving you the money. You spend it the way you think best. And that is another thing for her that is very admirable. She finds companies and, and corporations and nonprofits that she believes in, that she trusts, and she gives them the money and says, try to make a difference, you know, and I'll trust you in the way that you're doing it. That's mine. Enough. I decided that I'd done enough negative things and I wanted to try to combat it. And when I run across this, I thought this is the one I've got to do it on. Thank you to Mackenzie Scott for bringing it to the forefront. But really, it's not about Mackenzie Scott. Mine was about the giving pledge and the number of people. Please spend, when you have a couple of extra minutes, go to givingpledge.org. Just scroll down through the list. Look, it's a long list. I don't know, probably, I'm guessing, 100 people. I don't know if they're all billionaires or not. But it's a ton of people who's pledged to give away the majority of the money that they have. That's a very admirable thing, and they do deserve credit for it. Well, I don't disagree. I, you know, when you're giving away a few dollars as someone of super wealth, I, you know, whatever. When you're giving away all but 1%, that's a little, that's a big difference. That's, that's huge. So to pivot, Nick had asked us, you know, as a young person, what is the procedure used in what's the best way to go about learning how to vote responsibly responsibly you know he, was a, just go just lever just to be action for me for a young person to even ask that question is a responsible question Very much so. you know um so i'm really stoked by that and um 
uh, want to break this down into like three categories and we'll try to cover them pretty quick. Got like 20 minutes or so. So uh, the first one is how to vote. Um, the do's and the you probably shouldn't <laughs> when voting. And that's what we'll, we'll call it is that. So we'll just start with how to vote. Okay. Um, in Kentucky, basically, you literally go to where you get your driver's license and you sign up. You can register right there. In the nation, and in what, what was that look? Just uh, it's changed since I registered to vote. Oh. I went to post office. Oh, yeah. Well, you sure know, did. back then, um, they usually did all that at the same <laughs> building, right? <laughs> no. So anyway, there are so, no, I thought you was going to say. There are so many different ways you can Back vote. then, you were riding horses. <laughs> you can even go to USA.gov. You can register to vote right there on the website. You can, you can do Rock the Vote through MTV. You can do... Uh, on Facebook, you can even. register through MTV to vote. You sure can. I'll Absolutely, there are a million ways to vote. That doesn't mean there's a million ways to register to vote. There's not. A, there's a million ways to register to vote, and there are a few ways that you can register to vote without being harassed for your vote. If that makes sense. Um, really? So yeah. the flight. Where, where would you get harassed? Well. And we'll take MTV as an example. When you register to vote through them and you come out the other end, once you're done, it sends you through several liberal <laughs> websites to get back out. That shouldn't be legal. It shouldn't, but that it should is. Absolutely not um, be legal. When you hear... Now, hey, are you already registered? Yes. Could you simply close it down and, yep, sure could. and, and you're yep, done? Sure okay, could. I understand how it's legal because you don't have to go through that. Um, sure could. Uh, Mochi wants an opinion. Well, this is going to be interesting. What you? <laughs> we got plenty of those. We've got plenty of those. That's why we do a podcast. <laughs> and if you're Jerry, they're mostly wrong. And if you're me, Never. they're mostly right. So, um, I can honestly say this: about eighty percent of your opinions started off as my opinions, and after enough discussion, you realized I was correct. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh. You're wrong. Really? Yeah. Give me an example. Uh, exactly. I can't think of one. <laughs> you didn't can't give me a think shot. Of one. That's rude. You can't just ambush a man like that. What's wrong you with you? You knew that was coming. <laughs> so here, here's the one thing, and I want to cover a couple things. So many times on the left, we hear that voter IDs being required is either racist or it is a... It's a bad thing. How in the world, in Kentucky, totally we've right. always regarded, we've totally always agree. had to have a some sort of government ID to be able to vote. Totally agree. I don't know how that becomes a racist or a rich versus poor. I can tell you a little bit historically. Historically, who did not have government-approved ID identification? Um... Uh, I, Very poor people. Like I guess. Blacks, yeah. poor people. Who do they tend to vote for? Democrats. Yeah, I get that. So historically, I'm not saying, you know, 
now or a hundred years ago. Yeah, if you a hundred years ago, yes, but not not in the last 30, 20, 30 years. You literally can get a government ID from anywhere now, pretty much. So anyway, so the how to vote and the how to get registered to vote is pretty easy. Um, you have to learn, you have to get registered. You have to learn your voter ID requirements and you have to learn where your polling place is. Um, now, a lot of people are going to online voting. There is something to be said about just going to a polling place, even if it's just one time. Um, it's an experience. It's something that I think everybody should should do. Um, you get your little sticker that says you voted and you get to wear it all day and look very pretty. I agree. Or at least, well, you get to wear it. I get to wear it and look very pretty. I understand that I'm so pretty to begin with, it's hard to tell the difference. But it does make me even pretty. Oh, man. Uh, one quick thing. Mochi said she wants to do a, a donation for helping youth through your streaming. Uh, and it's like paying off school lunch fees and stuff. Look real careful into that. I think the number is somewhere around 80% of all of Kentuckians get free lunch now. Um, no way. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anderson County is that way. No. Harrison Back County is that way. During COVID, there was a bunch of federal money that went and got those numbers up to where you're talking about. Uh, so right now, it's nowhere in that vicinity. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm corrected. But go ahead and I'll look it up and see what. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. So, um, and then you need to learn where your, your, your uh, polling place is. Go there, vote. Now, let's get to the, the, the nuts question of it. Now that we know how to vote, we've been registered to vote um, in Kentucky, and, and we have to be specific to this. Sorry about our California and our New York and our Georgia fans, but this is pretty simple. 53% of all students in Kentucky are on free lunch, free reduced lunch. And this year. This that year. is going down some more. Okay. Um, yes, even middle and high school. That's all. If, if a if a district goes um, below, if the whole district falls below a certain income in Kentucky, the whole district is becomes a free and reduced lunch, free and or reduced. Um, anyway, back to this. So what should you do? Who should you vote for, Jerry? You're brand new. You're 18. This is your first election. What's the one thing you should do? Um, if, I'm not letting you look at my list. I would say to become informed. Number one, sit down. If I was to begin, I would sit down and make a list of the things that were important to me. And I'll guarantee you that as time goes on, that list will change. That's absolutely fine and should be the way it is. Number one then, on my list was become educated. Become educated. Congratulations. Figure out number Woo! one, what is important to you. Yeah. Then become, so that's to become educated about yourself. Then become educated about those people and if they're in office, see what the results are, which that's a lot better what they're saying, because they're going to promise the the moon, the stars and everything. Else, oh, sure. Right? But guess what? If they've never held office, that's all that. you have to go by. So that's so uh, absolutely become educated. And the first thing you need to become educated about is what you deem most important in your life. And there's no right or wrong for that. There's no right or wrong for that. That's you. And it usually is age driven. Sure. You know, a younger person cares more about certain things than an older person like Jerry. Older people care more about Social Security. Right. It's still going to be there. Right. Uh, younger people are more generally economy Is, or how can I get butt legal? <laughs> or how to get drugs legal. Yes. Um, anyway, so a couple of the, the things that you should do 
is is look at and according to several of the websites I looked at, these were the most common things that popped up. The economy. Figure out how you feel and fit into the nation's economy. Now, this is all national, and we can break it down a little closer because all politics are local, basically. Um, but if you figure out where you're at on a national level, that will bleed down into where you can look to vote on a per, on, on a local and a, a private level. So the economy, where do you want to be in four years? Where are you now? Do you think you're going to get a raise? How does the way a particular candidate or person voted or votes on or is claiming they're going to vote on a particular subject going to affect your pocketbook? That's important. That was really tough. It is tough. I mean, what you said, I mean, the, one of the first things you look at is they're going to cut taxes. Okay, well, that might short term, but does it help the overall state of the country? And if not long term, that's going to hurt your pocketbook. So yep. that was really tough. It is. To determine who's going to help my pocketbook. Another part of that becomes, am I totally selfish? And do I only care about who's going to help me? Or do I care about who's the greater good of America? Who's going to help my community? Who's going to help my town, my city, my state, my country? Well, if you're looking to a government to do that, then you're you're already barking up the wrong tree, well, in then, my then, opinion. In my opinion, who do you look to if not the government to do that? You have to look at yourself or your church or your community that you're a part of. <laughs> what way does Our community... nation has been built on self-reliance, not on, oh, government, please help me with my community park. Tell me what your church and your community, how it can affect the national economy. It has nothing to do with it. What you just, just said has nothing you, to do with the national No, no, economy. no, no. That's the question we're looking at. How can we help? You said, how can it help you? And I said, instead of just you, are you also going to look at the, your community? Are you going to look at your state? Are you going to look at your country instead of just yourself? And if th then you were saying that, it, that the government I, can't do that. I feel like. And we're getting into into the weeds Way a little off. bit, yeah. But I certainly feel like I can spend my money locally better than any government agency can, period. I'm talking about local. Again, I'm talking about if you decide that you want to try to do what's best for the country, then you need to look at not so, your economy, the national economy. Okay, but the national, again, it, politics starts at the kitchen table. Sure. If the national people are going to spend $100 billion in a country that I'm never going to go to, it's not helping me here today. And I, it's taking money out of my pocket to do that that could be spent so here locally. How did we get from <laughs> teaching people because how to vote? Because you brought it up. No, no, no. No, I didn't bring this up. We have went from teaching people how to vote to we should not be giving money to Ukraine. No, I Tell didn't. me, bull crap, who else is $100 billion we're giving money to? You just took it. You 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 the one brought it up. No no yeah. You All right back to up. back to the top. Let's rein it in. Whoo! We're gonna have to do that topic at some point. You know that right? You won't do it. You refuse because every time I ask you, you have no answer. Well, neither neither do you. No, I mean, you point. you're good at asking asking the questions, but you don't have an answer either. I don't ask that question. <laughs> the question we're talking about is: Should we be helping Ukraine? And if so, how much? That's a tough one. It really yeah, is. It is, and and you know, I'm not. We just have to beat that in the round. Anyway, so back to this. Uh, how you fit into your local, federal, and state economy. That's a question you need to ask yourself. Um, maybe you're a younger person and 
you care more, you're more environmental. You like hiking, you like being outdoors. Which party and which candidates are talking about the issues that important. are important to you? Um, there are at least, and all you have to do is Google it, um, Bing, search it. There are probably 30 quizzes that you can take to help line you up into the party or parties that you should be a part of. And first of all, I don't even like that approach. Oh, no, I get I it. Because that tends to say, okay, once I know the party, I can go to vote and pull a lever right. for that party. We haven't got like there yet, idea. but we're coming up on that. But you don't sure. agree with that either. No, I don't. But it is good to learn kind of what you feel about the issues. Sure. And I've done a few of those quizzes before this. I wanted to try them to see if they were slanted or and they really are. Some of them are. It depends on who's behind it. Right. Um, the ones that I took were very pretty much down the middle. They were legitimately – imagine this, Jerry. It turns out I'm a libertarian. <laughs> on some things. On most things. Um, you know, but uh, – so you can – Obviously, go do some of these online quizzes. It just helps you figure out where you fit in and what some of the what some of the parties um, have historically meant. Yep. Not that they mean today. Not that they're going to mean tomorrow. But have they have historically meant? Um, another way to do that to see once you figured all that out is to say you want to look at con uh, candidate Mitch McConnell for Senate. Right which I recommend against. But um, one of the key things that may help you make a decision whether he's your candidate is just click on him, figure out where his donations are coming from. The people that are paying him are the people he's going to vote for when he goes to Washington. It's not a fair system, but it's how it works. The lobbyists, the people that are donating the money are buying political favor. That's how they get their money. It's not... Technically, I mean, that's just just how it is. I'll give you an example of that. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Kirsten Cinema, who for a Democrat yeah, I had been absolutely. very happy with, liked a lot of stuff she was doing. I forget the one bill that it was. It was the, uh, the economic issue that Joe Manchin and yes. Schumer had finally agreed to support. And there was one particular part of it that she didn't like, and she had held up because it's a 50-50 vote in the Senate, so they've got to have every Democrat on board. She had withheld agreeing to back it until they took out one particular, I just remembered it. There was a, they were going to change the law that gives a tax break to wealthy mutual fund managers that cuts their taxes back to, I think, around 20% instead of 28%. The, the other Democrats wanted to get rid of that tax break. She refused to do so to back this piece of legislation until they got rid of that. It turned out, why? She is getting a ton of campaign donations from mutual fund managers. Yeah, and, and that is unfortunately how the world works. It is. Especially They're around not Washington. Be, I'm not, we're not talking about if they give 100 bucks or even right. a 1000 no, no. But when they are big, long-term contributors to this particular politician, it's because they believe this politician will vote the way they want. And here, let's take that down to a local level. That $100 all of a sudden does make sure. a difference. On the local level. Sure. On the local level. So... Um, and one other thing I would recommend that you do, go to several rallies, go to a Democrat rally, go to a Republican rally, go to a Libertarian rally, 
um, feel the vibe? Is that a place that's you? Are they negative? Are they are they pointing fingers? Are they positive? If it, you know, there's a lot to be said about just going to a good rally. There should be some good energy. You should feel uplifted and energetic when you leave. If you don't, you're probably in the wrong spot. Um, One thing I would add is for people who've never held office, we pretty much have to take their word of what they're going to try to do. Sure. Again, take it with a grain of salt because they promised the moon, the stars and everything else. For people who've been in office, we can actually go and look and see how they voted. Absolutely. Pull up 10, 15, 20 of the different important pieces of legislation within their time frame. If it's a representative, they've had to be in office for at least two years. If it's a senator, but it had to be at least two years for the full term. If it's a senator, six years. So we can, for those people that have been elected, and I think it's even more important for them, uh, should I send you back? Well, let's see what you've been doing. Let's see if yeah. you've been voting the way I think you should be. And pay attention to the news. Yeah. Uh, you know, the news is going to tell you most of that, honestly. So I had written down on my list the don'ts. Jerry let me know that that's probably not the best way of going around. My, that, my he put, was right. I just said maybe you can put it in a positive way instead of such an ultimatum of don't do this. Yes. So this is the things that you should avoid doing as you're going to the polls. And we're going to get to why all this is important very soon. Um, um, so, Jerry, you come from a long, a very small community where most everybody has voted the same way probably your entire life. No. No? Their grandparents' grandparents voted the same way. Okay. Well, that's what That I'm... far back. Yeah. Okay. Not my dad voted the same way his whole life. <laughs> my dad's grandpa's grandpa. Yeah. My mom's dad, who was a Republican, went to jail once in his life. He was buying votes, and he, he was a big man. He was 6'3", 6'4", won about 270, 280, mostly muscle. Uh, he had been buying votes for many years. And he heard one guy that had taken his money was later bragging that he did not vote the way grandpa told him to vote. Oh, wow. That man regretted it. <laughs> My grandfather regretted making him regret it after he was arrested. That's funny. So anyway, what I, what I bring up that for is because it's very easy for us to fall into, well, dad and grandpa and great grandpa all voted Democrat. I'm going to vote Democrat. The parties have changed, you know, and the parties will always change. They're always going to continue to evolve. They're going to morph as new younger people come in or older people leave. Um, so I would recommend strongly against voting for someone just because somebody else is voting for someone. If that's not the, meaning you're basically saying because of the party they're affiliated right, with. Right. Right. You because that doesn't there's a big difference in a Joe Manchin Democrat and an AOC Democrat. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you have to be able to understand that there's a big difference between say a um, Donald Trump Republican and a Marco Rubio Republican. I'll even get a little more detail than that. Ooh. Kentucky has two United States senators. Oh, yes. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a huge difference between those two gentlemen. Oh, I'd be happy to name names. Rand Paul, who is someone to be proud of, and Mitch McConnell, who's 
a politician. A politician. A very good politician. Same difference. And I don't really care a lot for politicians. Yeah, me either. So just don't vote. You know, here's the one thing about voting. It's a very private, personal thing. When you get into the voting booth, who you vote for is your business. No one in the world's going to know who you voted for. Even if someone paid you. Even if somebody paid you, unless you go out and start bragging about it, obviously. Um, so if it's a peer pressure type thing, you can tell them what, whoever, whatever they want to hear. Just tell them none of you. Or it's none of your business. None of your business. Right. Um, the next one is a big one in today's world. Huge. Um, and it's don't base your vote on anything you've heard from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, social media. Actually, um, don't base anything. Forget votes. Don't base <laughs> whether or not you have cereal tomorrow morning on anything you've read on social media. Just piss poor place to get any news of any sort. Anything. It's great for entertainment. That's what That's it's made it. for. It is not great to get things that could potentially shape the, our state, your local economy, and or our nation. Anything you put trust in. Yeah. Um, so don't do that. If you hear something on social media, fact check it. If it's true, Absolutely. hey, by all means, take it and run. If it's not, and it usually won't be, you'll find out pretty quick with just a couple of keystrokes that, oh, that's crazy. I sent Jerry the other day um, a short video of something I thought was kind of interesting the first three minutes were, and then it ended up being a infomercial for an a infomercial gold, for some sort of gold company. Gold company. Yeah. So nothing from social media should be taken at, at face value. Um, the two next ones are the most important. If you um, have things that you are, that you probably shouldn't do when you vote. And they're, they're big. The first of the two is vote blindly. Um, if you're going to go in having no research done, not having a clue about the issues and how each candidate relates to you personally about said issues, then stay home. No. Yeah. No. No, yeah, absolutely. I'd rather they voted. Why? I'd rather they pulled the friggin' lever. You the the old adage of yeah, pulling the lever. Just disagree what does that mean? Forever. Where uh, did that come from? I don't know. The old saying, "Pull the lever." Uh, probably uh, uh, those poker machines. Was... In the old days, there <laughs> were mechanical voting machines, oh, and gosh. if you so desired, there was a Republican lever and there was a Democrat lever, and you literally could pull the lever. Yeah. Otherwise, you had to pick out. Thankfully, those, for all intents and purposes, are gone. Uh, I'm not saying one of those in many, many years now. There is no lever. But when you hear that saying, it's what it means. Yeah, you can vote straight Democratic or straight Republican. With one? One button. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know you could do that stuff. So. Sure can. Didn't know that. So but that's here's the thing. If you're going in blindly, you shouldn't even be hitting that button. No, you shouldn't. But somewhere along the line, every vote matters. You're going to get into that a little bit later. I'm not going to steal your thunder. No, but it every is. Vote and matters. that's why... You shouldn't so vote even, if you're not But involved. here's the point. Hopefully you have at least a little bit. Hopefully at some point in your life, you did a little bit of research. So even if you're going upon that, to me, that's better than sitting at home. The, to me, there's nothing worse than sitting at home and saying, I don't care. My vote doesn't matter. That's the very worst. That, that, I, 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 I can't agree with you. Not even a little. But here's my point. No one does it totally blindly. 
everyone has heard something. Maybe, Probably from social media. Maybe, maybe from their parents. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's trustworthy, but it, no one does it totally blindly. If it was 100% blind, I would agree with you. No one's 100% blind. Everyone has some background. Are they doing due diligence? In many cases, probably not. Listen, I know of one individual here in, in, in our small town, and I won't mention names, but he walks all over town all the time. And I was behind him in the voting booth uh, three elections ago. And I now know that my vote has one purpose, and that's to cancel his vote. Because my guy had no clue. This was his quote, his direct quote. He said, I just need to know how to pull the Democratic, to do straight Democrat tickets. She goes, okay. He said, that's what my mama said. That's what I'm going to do. So. Mama said, mama said. All I, my vote, because this young, this person doesn't have a clue. So. In Anderson County, the only thing my vote counts for is a vote against him. And that's why I say that if you don't have... Let's not start going down that track, because real quickly, we're going to talk a whole shitload of people out of voting. Now, I don't want to talk anybody out of voting. But we can, real what quick, I by want, canceling out. What I want is for people to at least have some modicum of intelligence when they vote. I agree. People have died for this privilege. And the people in the, the world, vote. all over the world, would die to have this privilege. And that's what it is. So if they're going in blindly, they're doing themselves a huge disservice. Totally agree. They're doing our country a huge disservice. Totally agree. Um, And and I I just, I I can't say With all that being said, the last thing we need is more people sitting at home. I don't disagree. It makes our votes, the people that do vote, worth more. Let me ask you this. What's the best, easiest way for people to become educated, to not be blind? What would you suggest they do to do that? Two minutes on Google. I mean, seriously. It doesn't take a long time. Two minutes before an election? Sure. Nah, it's going to take a whole lot more than two minutes before an election. If you haven't read any newspapers, if you haven't listened to the news, here would be my recommendation. Pick up a newspaper every once in a while. (laughs) Sit down at 6.30 and listen to the news every once in a while. Six o'clock if you want to stay. Listen to the news. Read the news. Stay informed. Jerry, I would be happy if someone, the day of the election. Spent two minutes? Spent, just said, okay, the most important thing in my life is X. Take two minutes and Google X and figure out which com- which people are more supportive of their X. At least they're voting on some sort of principle. Now, to be fair. Right, wrong, or indifferent. To be fair. I don't have no clue who the person you're talking about earlier was that walks around town that you got behind at election. Since he walks around town, I'm assuming he probably doesn't have a, a vehicle, an automobile. Is that a safe assumption? Uh, I guess. I, I don't know. Have you ever saw him driving? Nope. But you see him walking all the time. Yep. Which leads us to believe that he probably doesn't have the vision to drive, doesn't have the, the financial means to get a car, whatever. He doesn't drive, probably. Most people, not all. The majority of people in that situation are probably living predominantly from government handouts, in which case I'd say he's probably got it figured out about which party's going to help him the most. Well, if that's pro- the case, do you disagree? No. If that's what he's, he's probably that's voting. not what he said. But if that's no, no, no. If, if he's got what it he said out. was how do I pull the party for the Democrats? How do because I vote for Democrats? My mama said so. Well, that. 
That's what he said. Success breeds success. Failure breeds failure. Unfortunately, in the town that I come from, there was a certain community who tended to be the very poor. There was a big joke that when people from that community got married, they took their honeymoon trip to go to the welfare office. <laughs> You're telling me that. And there it's was a time in the world off, where that's, that, that was the which case. Which kind of goes along with the guy we're talking about, right? His parents may have very well been in the exact same situation he was in. The fact that they don't stress education, the fact that they don't push their kids to do well in school, in many cases has a lot to do with where they end up in life. He, unfortunately, it sounds like probably ended up where they were. For people like that, pulling the Democrat lever is probably the best thing they can do at the booth. I guess. I, Sad to say. I mean, the ultimate part of this is become educated totally, and don't totally vote agree. by the way. Huh? Totally agree. Just just pick an issue, any issue, and, and vote don't on pull any lever. Yeah. Vote by the person. You know, there have been elections, Jerry, and I'm sad to say this. We run a news podcast that in the last election, I was unfamiliar with one of the particular offices here, very local. Oh, you're, there's always going to be some. I didn't you know, vote for either of those people about. because those are nonpartisan. Um, I didn't know either of the parties. I'm not wasted. I'm not voting above someone who may know the, the, the history there. I'll even go one step further and say, I totally agree with what you said. Don't pull the party lever. That's true on the federal level. Oh, when sure. it gets to the local level, party means basically nothing. No, it doesn't. It means nothing. If you want to know what the <laughs> average Democrat or the average Republican looks like, next Sunday, go to church and look around. Half the people you see, roughly, are going to be Democrat. Yeah. Half of them are Democrat. There's a They're reason that in Kentucky... We always in federal elections vote red, and in local elections, used to be that's changed a lot. Our state, no, no, no. Who who runs our state now? It's Republican controlling both houses. Yeah, but we have a Democrat governor. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. And we've we've had one, maybe two Republican governors in my lifetime. No more than that. The one uh, we had right before this one was Republican. Bevin and Brashear. Way back, there's been more than that. My point is simply used to number sheer. I'm sorry, uh, the horse owner, the horse guy. The the point is, we used to be Democrat totally across the board, and that has really swung to where that federal is almost always in Kentucky Republican. Yeah, and the state That's why we don't the get state any money. is turning into Republican. That's why we don't get any money. No, we don't get any advertising dollars for Republicans. They know they have the state. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I know we don't get any visits from president. And that president. gets into, I don't want to go into that. Yeah, Never that's a whole different part. Here's the other part. And here's the most important part. We, we say all of this, and even when we disagree, we say all of this, because we don't want you to think ever that your vote doesn't matter. It does. It absolutely does. On the local level, on the state level, even on the presidential level. Three, four elections ago, George Bush... Versus Al Gore. Al Gore in a nation of 370 million people, the vote was down to, and I'm off the top of my head here, within a few thousand votes was the determining factor in that presidential election. And that swung the course of our nation. <laughs> Hang in Chad. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. During the recounts, it came down to... Chad's, I guess, is when you punch something, the little piece of paper hanging. Mm -hmm. 
there was huge conversations being had about, is this a Chad? Is this a hanging Chad? The election literally come down to each and every. Oh, no, it's still showing we're on air. Are you guys still there? Mochi, can you still hear us? Hello? Okay, sweet. Man, my laptop just crashed and rebooted and we're still here. Wow. Okay. Thank you for liking the show, even though we had technical difficulties. Oh, I see. All right. Let's take that out. No, that's not what we're going to take out. Sorry. We're having some issues. we got to wrap this up, Jerry. Unfortunately, it came back on. We weren't lost, so that's good. So, we're still anyway, alive. Well, yeah, what was the number? Real quick, what was the number of the, of the votes? I haven't found it yet. Oh. Google it, but I have not found the ex- how many votes. Okay. Well, while you're covering that, I just want to let people know that your vote does matter. Absolutely. Become educated. Make a good decision. Not a good decision based on what your brother or your sister or your mama said or your Facebook said, based on what you feel you believe. You won't go wrong if you're voting your heart and, and your wallet, okay? You you do your votes based on that. Um, and we're not going to get that number, but I'm really afraid we're going to crash again, so I want to wrap this up super quick. 327 votes. Wow. Until it went to the Supreme Court, if you remember, and they decided. This was not decided by votes. It was so close, and so many of the chads that were questionable, it ultimately went to the Supreme Court. But the final count was 327 votes in one state. Wow, Florida. That 6 million votes cast. Made the difference. 327. 327 people made that difference. So don't think your vote doesn't count. It absolutely does. One Um, other number I did find real quick. Yeah. Percentage of students in the United States of America that gets free lunches is 22.5, and it is headed down because, again, there was a ton of money spent during COVID to give more free lunches. Uh, So that number is going down. But currently for the United States, 22.5%. Okay. So we're going to wrap up real close right there because I don't want another crash. I don't want that to happen and scare me to death because that would have been a whole show down the toilet. (laughs) So, Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. Thanks, guys. You all have a great day. Be safe.